John. This is the same guy who was called the apostle that Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. The one who at the last supper was leaning against his breast. The same one who was on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, he lived longer than any of the other apostles. He was the last one to go. Lived, they say, more than a hundred years and uh, he wrote these letters. But he didn't write the Gospel of John? Yeah, he wrote the Gospel of John. <laughs> he wrote that. Yeah. I got a little confused. Yeah, as a matter of fact, at the very end of it, when Peter says, well, what about this guy? You know, uh, you know that, and that tells about how the story of him tarrying till Jesus returned. You know, they called him the wandering Jew in the legend hmm. because they say he, li he would live until Jesus returns. But in the gospel, he says, well, that's just a story, you know. And we know that John the apostle died, you know, in, in a very terrible way. He was martyred, right. you know, but uh, okay. here we go. All right. Thank you, Robert, for that background. I love it. Amen. Yeah. History. Yeah, it's all part of it. Okay, Second John, starting in the seventh verse. There are a lot of smooth-talking charlatans loose in the world who refused to believe that Jesus Christ was truly human, a flesh and blood human being. God give them their true title, deceivers, antichrist, and be very careful around them so you don't lose out on what we've worked so diligently in together. I want you to get every reward you have coming to you. Anyone who gets so progressive in his thinking that he walks out on the teaching of Christ walks out on God. But whoever stays with the teaching stays faithful in both the Father and the Son. Now, this is talking about a heresy that was very common in the first century of people who were saying that Jesus was just a spirit. Right. You know, that he wasn't bodily here. And others would say, well, he was bodily here, but he really wasn't a spirit, or that he just died in, on the body on the cross, but his spirit couldn't die. And there's a whole bunch of heresies and things going back and forth on that. The apostles are solid and clear all the way down. He's spirit and man. Mm -hmm. And that both died on them. And today, think about it ourselves. We were in, in one church, we don't want to mention it, but we were very active in the church. And we, we one of the ministers of the church started
started teaching about that, oh, well, you don't have to believe in a physical uh, resurrection or anything like that. We're not talking about a physical person back there named Jesus. We're talking about the Christ experience and that anyone can have the Christ experience and become a Christ. And, you know, we this is what was being taught in the church that we attended. Right. We stopped attending the church. But Jesus was a real person, and He died on the cross for me and you. Right, and you know what is what is really powerful? I think is that when it talks about this, people who are making these you know divisions between Jesus and the Spirit and Jesus and the body, and you know, call them what they are—they're deceivers. Mm-hmm. They're antichrist, you know, and people wander around, especially people who are, uh, let's see, exceptionally focused on the end time, uh, will walk around saying, well, the antichrist, you know, Saddam Hussein, was, Hitler was the antichrist, now Putin's the antichrist, you know, all these different antichrists, you know, and all through history, Christians have pointed to different people, Napoleon, you know, Genghis Khan. Well, I think this scripture clearly states that there isn't just one antichrist. No. 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 No, because if they're, uh, give them their true title, deceiver, antichrist. It's plural, there, right? Okay. Isn't it? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> Give them their, T-H-E-I-R, doesn't that refer to more than one person? Give them, that's more than one person. Well, it is. it was to us, <laughs> yeah. not today. Yeah, who knows? They didn't, well, come on, English is good enough for St. Paul. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but, you know, uh, looking at all this, you know, be careful around them. That's the cautionary thing. That's the thing we need to really be careful with. I think we need to take time in life to discern the people around us, to discern the things they say, the things that they believe. Right. Because we have, to, we do have to guard ourselves. We have to guard our... Well, you know, it's interesting in Luke 6, uh, Jesus uses a proverb and he says, Can a blind man lead a blind man? Won't they both end up in a ditch? And he says... And the, the master, uh, the, the apprentice doesn't lecture the master. He says, what this is all about is be careful who you choose as your teacher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and look what it says here. It starts out, there's a lot of smooth-talking charlatans loose in the world. Man, I tell you, it was true in the first century, and it's true today. I think they've grown exponentially <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in well, number. Right, right. Well, there's more people in the world. Yes. There's more, you know, and... and uh, when you think of some of the things that you we've heard people teach over the years, and we've heard people preach over the years, uh, and seen people follow, I mean, I remember watching this group of people that I knew once in Indiana that were just the strongest, most beautiful Christians that I ever saw. And over a period of a several years, I watched them grow more and more. You know, they were the only people who had the truth, and they were the only ones who were right, and everybody else was wrong, and, and they were the only ones who were Christians, and all this. And when I finally quit associating with them, they were stockpiling guns and food in the basement of their church and getting ready to defend themselves against the conquering horde. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just, and everybody just became so into it. You know, it's like Jim Jones started out as a great gospel preacher with a wonderful church and turned into Jonestown. Mm-hmm. So you would call him an antichrist? I, I, I guess you could. That's what John would, seems like he would call him. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, and, and we just have to, how much of that? I mean, on TV, on radio, everywhere, you know, and we just have to be careful. And we're not saying that, you know, we're the only ones with the truth. You know, let the Lord speak to you and discern what he's saying to you through his scriptures. If his, you can believe that, that God wrote the scriptures through these, these men. The Holy Spirit moved on them to write. And if you can believe this is a living word and that there is God's spirit in the word and that his spirit dwells in you, you can can believe that his spirit dwelling in you can commune with his spirit in this these words and you can come to the truth god will say nothing ever that contradicts what he says amen. and his totality of his word is love people yeah. do good to us amen and remember jesus is the one and only, only. way yeah. praise god hallelujah amen well i guess we're going to move on to a song okay yeah and the song that we're going to do for you today is called Jesus Would Have Gone to the Cross. We hope you enjoy it.
well, we hope you enjoyed that song. It was fun to write and a joy to sing for you. Up next, we have Dr. Robert Owens reading chapter 14, I think it is. Chapter 14, 14. episode 14, chapter 14. Yes, yes. yes. And always remember that all of his books are available at Amazon.com. An easy way to get there, I have my own author's page, and an easy way to get there is just put put in the search bar on Amazon, put in America's Trojan War, Dr. Robert o, Robert Owen, not Robert O, Robert Owen, America's Trojan War, Dr. Robert Owen. DR, not the whole word, Doctor. <laughs> well, seriously. Right, DR, yeah, yeah. just DR. Uh, and just click on that, and then it'll bring up that book. And when you see my name there as the author, it'll be in blue. Click on that, it takes you to my author's page and all 30 of my books are there you can buy them one click either kindle or soft cover and if you like this book america's trojan war remember it's the first in a series of five books and each book is just as good as the last the whole series will set you on the edge of your seat and then knock you over so here we go chapter 14 birds of a feather the birds are away was the confirmation major jenkins received as the 12 chinooks and 10 apaches roared into the early morning sky the people around fort hamilton were used to military helicopters coming and going but they never heard the sound of such a large flight taking off at once the sound rattled windows caused many people to wake up and others to rush to their windows to see what was going on in moments they were gone heading south at top speed at 170 five miles per hour, Colonel Stamper estimated that it would take about 50 minutes to cover the 230 miles from Brooklyn to D.C. As soon as they were in the air, he told co- the co-pilot, Lieutenant Ed Jackson, get Colonel Downs at in Hampton Roads on the horn. Tell his office Fort Hamilton has been attacked. General Calloway is dead. Our entire Delta team is in the air moving on Washington, and I want to coordinate our response. Moments later, the co-pilot said, Colonel, I have Admiral Downs on the line. Thanks, Jackson. Edward Downs, this is Colonel Stamper, commanding officer, the Delta team for the North Atlantic Military Division. Colonel Stamper, what's the situation on your end? Sir, just as we were assessing the situation, Fort Hamilton was hit by repeated mortar barrages and sniper fire. General Calloway was killed. The terrorists on our perimeter were taken out by NYPD. I have mobilized our entire Delta force, and we are moving on Washington right now with an Apache escort. What do you need from me? asked Admiral Downs. Sir, I'm calling to ask if you'll dispatch every SEAL team at your disposal to join us in assault on a terrorist. I'm way ahead of you. The SEAL teams are already in the air. I'll transmit the comm codes to your communications officers so that you can coordinate. How many teams are you sending, sir? We're sending four teams with all their equipment. They're coming in a dozen super stallions with Apache and Cobra escorts, responded Admiral Downs. Excellent. From the latest satellite and AWAC intel, the enemy is holding four hospitals, three in D.C. proper and one in Arlington. I propose that instead of splitting up, we combine our forces and concentrate on one target at a time. That sounds like a good plan, Rick. I'll order my teams to coordinate with you. We have to remember they are holding all the patients and staffs of those hospitals as hostages. Have you heard anything about the president or anyone else in the government? Asked Colonel Stamper. It looks like a clean sweep. No one has been able to reach the president, the vice president, or any of the others in the line of succession, answered Admiral Downs. And the Pentagon or the Joint Chiefs, no luck there either. 
Did General Calloway get a chance to nationalize the Guard? Asked Admiral Downs. The governors of Virginia, Maryland, and Pennsylvania have refused to nationalize, citing the lack of a presidential order and the need to contain terrorist attacks in their states. The guards of the other states in the division should be mobilizing now and getting ready to move, answered Rick, as the flying column from Fort Hamilton neared Annapolis. They rendezvoused with the SEALs teams and 14 Super Stallions escorted by 15 Apache and Cobra gunships. As they headed to, to D.C. at top speed, they decided to concentrate their attack on the first location they would come to, the Adventist Hospital Complex in Northeast D.C. The combined force was rushing on with a deafening roar when out of the sun, two terrorist-controlled Apaches launched Hellfire missiles from 40 miles away. Incoming, shouted the pilots or co-pilots of more than a dozen ships at once, and they furiously tried to launch electronic and conventional countermeasures, while at the same time taking evasive maneuvers. Almost all of the helicopters were successful, but the incoming missiles hit the lead SEAL Super Stallion, taking out Commander Miles Nelson and his entire headquarters staff. Two Ranger Chinooks were also hit. The explosions of these three sent shrapnel into four others. Three SEAL team Super Stallions and one Delta Force Chinook. All four were now smoking and trying to make controlled landings. The Apaches and Cobras returned fire. The enemy Apaches were heading up and out at full speed. They deployed every countermeasure they could. Still, the salvos of Hellfire missiles either connected or exploded close enough that the two enemy copters were soon heading to Earth to crash in residential neighborhoods, helping to spread death and destruction in the heart of America. Not taking time to fly down to check on either the destroyed or the disabled copters, the formation hurriedly regrouped and continued on towards D.C. It was now several hours after sunrise and several hours after the decapitation of the American political and military leadership. Relief col columns were converging on three of the enemy held positions when deep within the bowels of Walter Reed Hospital, Abdel El Shalab, the Supreme Commander and the first governor of the ISIS province of America, turned to his second command and said, Launch Stage 4. Adan Khalib, using one of the game station consoles they were using for communication, typed in, Muhammad awakes, and many things happen simultaneously. Every heavy weapon in all four captured positions set one incendiary round followed by one high-explosive round flying into the city. Suddenly, there were 744 massive new fires burning throughout the metro area. Thousands died, and thousands more were wounded and dying engulfed by flames and falling buildings. If the Washington PD and FD hadn't ever been previously overwhelmed, they were now paralyzed, even before the vast scope of the human tragedy, which had been unleashed in seconds upon them, was realized. At the same time, suicide bombers around the country, in large cities and small, walked into malls, hospitals, police departments, and schools. The huge MS-13 gang joined in the attack with their tens of thousands of members taken to the streets, attacking police and firefighters as they attempted to respond to the attacks. The cartels and the large numbers of recruits and trainees from the ISIS training camps in northern Mexico that had overwhelmed the southern border were now making military assaults in San Diego, Tucson, White Sands, and San Antonio. Simultaneously, the perimeter of every military installation in America was attacked by snipers and suicide bombers. 
The sounds of sirens could be heard from millions of American homes as war was brought home to all of the lower 48 states. Columns of smoke rose to blot out the sun, and many people wondered if the sun was setting on the American dream as a nightmare from the depths of hell unfolded in their lives. Back in Washington, Adan followed the reports on his game station console, soon turned to Abdel al-Shalab, and said, The streets of America are running red with the blood of the unbelievers. Their women and their children wail as they have made ours wail. Good news. Now we must await the assault that will allow us all to find joy in martyrdom. Now is the time to live a life of glorious death for the Caliph and the praise of God. Shouts of Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar filled the makeshift headquarters as everyone present knew that the assault upon America had just peaked and from here on out it would be a matter of inflicting as much pain, death, and destruction on the Americans while they marched into history as the greatest suicide attack of all time. Adam, tell the men, today we die for the Caliph and for Allah, Abdal said. Soon, throughout the four hospitals, Adan's announcements had barely finished ringing out the walls when the desecrated facilities meant to heal and save rang with the shouts of Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, from the throats of tens of thousands of dedicated followers of the Prophet, determined to meet him in paradise for the glory of God. Wow, that was exciting. And guess what, guys? It even gets more exciting. We're going to get your blood red. <laughs> yeah, now an important thing to remember, too, is when you're if you get these books and read them, when you get to the end of America's Trojan War, you may think it's the end. But you it may isn't. think it's over. But it, isn't. But it ain't over. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the read. And Robert, thank you so much for doing that for oh, us. It's my pleasure. And hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll look forward to being with you again very soon. Have a great day. God bye, bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I took the 